Before we begin, I'd like to invite you to support the podcast. There's a new feature where you can send me a text message and let me know how the podcast has helped you. You can find this link at the top of every episode's description. You can also go to my website, ascending-minds.com, and you can register for the support group and my newsletter. You can also get a free copy of my guide to dealing with repeated questions. Now on with the episode. Is it getting harder and harder to communicate with your loved one? Are they struggling to find words and finish their sentences? Do you feel helpless as you watched your loved one struggle to communicate? Stay tuned as I will share how Shanna and I have dealt with all of this and more, and how now, over two years since she has basically been considered nonverbal, I can still communicate and feel connected to her. Welcome to the Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Cardita. In this podcast, I'll share the experiences and lessons learned during the 12-year journey down Dementia Road with my wife, Shannon. It is my desire that you'll find joy and peace while learning to live with your loved one's Alzheimer's disease and not let the disease define you or your loved one. The Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast is brought to you by Ascending Minds, LLC. Welcome to Episode 28 of the Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast. Today, I will talk about how I have become a skilled practitioner in the art of one-way conversations. I have learned this skill over the last several years. It seemed that each year my wife struggled and her ability to talk and communicate decreased. And as that happened, I was able to still have meaningful conversations with her by adapting and adjusting and learning new ways to communicate that go beyond words. In this episode, I'll give you a relative timeline of how Shanna went from being able to have full conversations to now maybe uttering a word every now and again, often just repeating a word that I had just said or something she had just heard. I will talk about how I got good at filling in the blanks, so good, in fact, that I would complete her sentences for her and did not even realize that she had become basically nonverbal. I will share how I've learned to read her body language, her facial expressions, and even a way to communicate with her that doesn't require words, and that has helped me to stay very deeply connected to her. It's my hope that as I share these experiences of this part of our journey, that it might help you, that you might learn from it, and that you'll be able to maintain and perhaps enhance your connection with your loved one. Before we get started, i like to share a listener comment. This comment came from Robbie. This is what Robbie wrote. Thanks for your excellent, helpful podcast. While I have just started listening, so far I appreciate your explanations of the stages according to your lived experience. For your journal entries. I look forward to listening to more episodes, and I'll be sharing it with my support group and family member. Thank you, Robbie. I really appreciate that. As always, I appreciate when you all can share 
our experiences if it's helpful to your family and friends. Hearing other people's experiences with dementia was something that really helped me. And my way of paying back to those who have helped me is to do this podcast. So thank you so much for sharing. Let's get started. Well, first, I want to give you a little bit of a preface. Alzheimer's disease attacks many parts of the brain. It is very common to attack the part of the brain that processes language. I have seen this effect in many different people, and I have seen how it affects them in many different ways in many stages. This is to say there is not one cookie-cutter way this will happen with your loved one. Now, in my experience in the last two years, I've gotten to know very well about 50 residents who live with my wife, about 25 in each location. I have seen them progress over the course of a year, and I've seen what the disease can do. And I can compare that to what I've gone through with Shanna over the last four years. So I've seen people from around the age of 60 all the way up to people who are over 100 years old. They have a wide range of verbal capabilities. In fact, I've had conversations with people who are 100 years old, and they're lucid, they know exactly what they're talking about. And I've seen people like my wife, who it's very difficult to communicate with, and she's barely over 60 years old. So it can happen at different times and at different ages. I've had many long conversations with many residents. Some of them are very sharp, and their language skills are basically fully intact, while their cognitive skills may be somewhat changed. And there's a combination of cognitive and language skill variations that you'll encounter. I love talking with some of the other residents. They have great stories. I love learning about their lives and their families. I've looked into the eyes of a handful of residents who never say a word, who are essentially nonverbal. And I try really hard to get them to smile by talking with them. Because I have learned that while they struggle to talk, they can still understand what's going on around them. It's always a great pleasure after talking to someone and saying hello to them and locking eyes with them, seeing that smile appear. And I always make a comment to say, I love your smile. Now, there are some like my wife who understand a lot more than you would think, but they can only muster a phrase or utter a word here or there or say a short sentence or two. This is a long way of saying that our loved ones are going to experience a multitude of stages. And it is not uncommon for us to see a good day from time to time, and it will surprise you. And this even happens with my wife. Occasionally, she'll have a good day, and she'll say a complete sentence. I'll talk more about that later. So here's a rough timeline. I took a look at my journals, and this was, as always, very eye-opening to look back on the last four years and see all the changes and all the things that I've gone through with her. So back in 2017, she was diagnosed with moderate Alzheimer's. And at that time, she was just starting to struggle to find a word here or there from time to time. 
but she could definitely carry on full conversations. About half a year later, 2018 came. And over this year is where I began to see her increasingly struggle trying to complete a thought or a sentence. She would start to say a sentence sometimes and then either stop right in the middle, lose her train of thought, which was cognitive, but oftentimes she would also struggle and stop to figure out what word she wanted to use. And this is where I started playing 20 questions and trying to understand what she was trying to tell me. This could get very frustrating. And I had to learn when to back off and just let it go. Now, April of 2019, as I started my journals, this is what I had wrote, and I could definitely tell it was a day of frustration. She rarely will speak a complete grammatically correct sentence. She expects me to know what she means by uttering just a few general words, and she'll use the word like, or this thing. Now, luckily, I can still figure it out with some clarifying questions. And at this point, her comprehension was still 100% intact. Later on that year in 2019 is when I really began on a more consistent basis to start helping her complete her sentence, especially when we were talking with friends. We would often run into people we hadn't seen for a while, often years. And Shanna would be a little self-conscious about this, so I would quickly step in and complete her sentences. And if people were asking her a lot of detailed questions, I would fill in the blanks. Now, when 2020 came around, things that I started to see in 2019 became almost a daily occurrence over the course of that year. Things started to get worse as the year went on, and this is what I wrote at the end of 2020. I don't really know how much longer Shanna will be able to interact with friends and family, and myself, for that matter. Just today, we had lunch with some lifelong friends. We've known them for over 30 years. It had been four or five months since we had seen them, and when we arrived at the restaurant, Shanna was so happy to see them, all she could do was cry. She tried her best to stay involved in the conversation, but she could only muster up a couple of words when she was asked a direct question by one of her friends. And then I would have to finish the sentence or the thought. She quickly got bored and wanted to leave while everyone else was just talking. And this was my wake-up call. I had started to realize how much she was struggling, and I began to worry that I might lose my connection with her. Now, in 2021, for the first half of that, I had become so accustomed to playing the role of Shannon's interpreter and be her voice that it became our normal way of being. In my mind, I felt I could fully communicate with her, and I was used to this style of communication. And it wasn't until I moved her into the first memory care facility in April of 2021 that I had the serious wake-up call and realized that she had been nonverbal for quite a while. I can distinctly remember when this realization occurred. 
Shanna was at the memory care center for about a month. And I was talking to a few of the residents who were very sharp cognitively and verbally. And they asked me, how come Shanna doesn't talk? And my reaction was, she does talk. I understand her. And then a few days later, some of the caregivers mentioned that Shanna is nonverbal. They used that term, that Shanna is nonverbal. And that's when I realized she was nonverbal for the most part. Now, she could still say hello to people and greet them and smile and nod her head during conversations. And this is when I had realized that I had been reading her facial expressions and body language. And this now became a conscious activity that I would study. I also began to realize that I could begin to sense her feelings and her moods and her thoughts at times. I didn't know how this was going on at the time, but I was able to be very connected to her. Even some of the caregivers over time have learned to read her expressions. And they often tell me they know when Shanna's upset and could use a little bit of alone time and They'll separate her from the group or from the activity, especially if she's become overstimulated. Now, for all of 2022 and for the first half of this year, 2023, I have begun to tune into this somewhat sixth sense of communication. I continually pray to be able to stay connected to her using my words and the sixth sense along with her expressions, and being able to interpret them and her feelings and stay connected. The best way I can describe this new sixth sense is that our spirits or souls are communicating without words. And we are both able to understand things, and sometimes nothing more than a look is all that is needed. It seems that I will say something to her, And she will respond with a look or a gesture or facial expression. And then I get this spiritual communication from her. And then I will verbalize what I think I felt. And she will often acknowledge it with a smile or a nod. I'd like to take a break and ask a favor. Would you be willing to let me know how the podcast has helped you? The best way to do this is to leave a review on whatever podcasting application you're using. Another easy way to do that is look at the description of this episode and click on the new feature that allows you to send me a text message. It would be great if you just paused the podcast and did that now. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. And we have been doing this for about a year and a half. And I see all of this as a gift from God that I have continually asked for and prayed for, as well as expressed gratitude on a daily basis for well over a year. And I plan to continue this practice indefinitely. A quick side note. Over the last three months or so, Shanna has been known to actually talk more than she has for the last three years on these good days. She will say a series of short sentences for half an hour or so. She will be very animated and conversational. 
And it's always a treat when I go to visit her and I'm greeted by one of the caregivers. And they say, yesterday, I had a great conversation with Shanna. Or today, she's having a great day. She's really talkative. Now, of course, this is very relative. It might just mean she's verbalizing a few words or saying a few sentences. And when she does that in my presence, I always tell her, Shanna, it's so good to hear your voice. I love to hear your voice. Thank you for talking. And she always smiles. Now, I don't think her ability to talk is coming back. Rather, I see these quote-unquote good days as one of God's tender mercies, where he reminds me that, yes, Shanna is still inside there, trapped by the disease at times, and that my Heavenly Father honors my request of staying connected. I have learned that when this happens, I choose to rejoice in seeing a glimpse of the person whom I have known for over 44 years and the person that I will be with in the next life, rather than being depressed and lamenting over what has been lost over the last few years. So this is how it's been for us. And as they say, your mileage may vary. And as always, your journey down Dementia Road with your loved one is unique. But I hope there are some things that you can take away from our experience. I'm going to do a recap of what I have learned over these last few years. Our loved ones will struggle over the course of time. Some will do it over a few months and have a very rapid decline. Others will take years as the disease takes away their ability to talk. We as caregivers and loved ones can play a positive role in helping our loved ones adjust and deal with all the frustration that comes with not being able to voice their feelings and what they want to say. They can't articulate it, but we can help them. We can help them not feel so self-conscious and frustrated, especially in social situations. Another important thing that I learned is there is never any reason to be embarrassed about our loved one or for our loved one. I have often used this to explain that Shanna is still inside, and that disease has taken away her words at times, but she still feels love for family and friends. She still feels joy. Finally, probably the greatest lesson that I would like to impart to you is that you can tap into your higher power, whatever that is. For me, it's Jesus Christ. And by tapping in to the power that Christ can give me, or your higher power can give you, you can gain access to communication abilities that you never know existed and put them into practice and stay, commun- and stay connected with your loved one and help others to stay connected to them as well. I invite you to try this. Have faith in your higher power. Allow frustration to go out. Allow frustration not to hinder you. And feel with a sense of feeling what your loved one's trying to tell you. And you'll be surprised. And like any other skill, the more you practice it, the better you'll get it.
So I hope you give it a try. This has been a very personal story of how I've managed through this very difficult path. In preparing this episode, I went back and reread my journals, going back over four years. And as all of this was unfolding, I recorded some of my most inner thoughts and feelings about losing my best friend in my journal. I began to have fear of not being able to connect with her and losing her. This started to loom very large as all this started to unfold. At times I would get depressed. The fear would hold me hostage. I'm very grateful that over the course of this few years, I was able to receive counseling and coaching on how to look at things differently and how to move my focus and perspective from losing things and being depressed and focusing on all the loss to shifting to a mindset of cherishing what remained and to find joy in some of the most simplest things, such as her beautiful smile and her soft, sweet kisses that I still get. I also saw that as I leaned on my higher power, Jesus Christ, exercised my faith in him, and accepted his will in our journey together. That now, four years later, Shannon and I are still connected. And in some strange way, stronger than ever. I can't explain that. It goes beyond words. I also now have the courage that when the day comes, when she can no longer smile or make a gesture or communicate in any way, I will be able to bear it and look forward to a time that she will be free from the effects of this disease. As for me, I'm creating a list of things that I'm going to talk to Shanna about once we're reunited in the next life. I have a feeling when we talk about this period in our lives, there will be very little tears and there will be lots of laughs on how we dealt with all the awkward things dementia brings, and we will rejoice in the joy that we have felt even in these late stages of dementia. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast. As always, I invite you to share this. If you feel that you could use some coaching, you can contact me. I will be more than happy to work with you. I am grateful for all of you listeners and the time that we get to spend together. And I hope that you don't get too discouraged as you struggle to communicate with your loved one. Again, take care. And until next time we meet, have a blessed day. The mission of the Surviving Alzheimer's podcast is to educate and inspire caregivers, family, and friends who are on their own unique journey down Dementia Road with their loved one. I would really appreciate it if you could share this episode to anyone who you feel would benefit from it. Additional ways for you to help us reach others are to hit the like button for this video, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell to be notified of new episodes. All of these actions will encourage the YouTube algorithm to share this episode and podcast to other potential viewers.
Before you go, I'd just like to invite you and remind you of the things that we have to offer from Ascending Minds, LLC. You can go to our website, www.ascending-minds.com, and you can register for the Surviving Alzheimer's Support Group. You can register for our newsletter. You can also get a free copy of the guide to responding to our loved ones' repeated questions. You can find links to all this in the episode description, or you can just go to the website and look at the menu. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.